Welcome to the Painting of the Week podcast, where we look at some of the most significant paintings throughout history. Introducing your hosts, Phil Grabsky and Laura Bentham. Hello, welcome to our arts broadcast. (laughs) I'm Phil and I'm with Laura. Morning. Morning, Phil. Morning, Laura. (laughs) I'm very impressed by your coloured pens. Can I just say, I know. before we start, that mm. is... Because I, I when I went to school, I always used to like a lot of coloured pens. Coloured pens. I've taken on that 14-year-old schoolgirl yeah. look. Not what I'm wearing, thank God. <laughs> I used to love highlighting stuff. In fact, I still like making lists and highlighting out when I've done things. I'll be buying um, pens then for next week. you got a nice new pad. New pad, rhinos. Clean your glasses. Keeping the rhinos... Are we, are we looked after? Are we sponsored by Rhino? No, or just we, want to care for them. Should be. I like them. Yeah. Today, we are going to talk about Sunflowers by Claude Monet. And outside it is grey and wet, but inside it is very sunny and bright and, I don't know, the heat of a French July day with this painting by Claude Monet, which he did in 1881. Can I just say something, Phil? You can certainly, yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> you can say something. Just quickly. And I just want to say to you how over the last week, I kind of want to say thank you, really, that Turner was clearly not on my list of anything. I've never really come across him. I've seen it, obviously I know him, but never actually talked about that painting. And uh, the, it's fair to say that the... Uh, that he wasn't really, you know, part of my life. And this week, I have literally talked about Turner all week. Huh. And you said something really lovely last week, which was that Turner would have loved you to have looked at his pictures. And I have spent the week with my friends looking at that painting huh. and discussing it because normally it's a conversation, especially at a dinner party, that I would have kept well out of because I didn't know anything about it and didn't want to look stupid, as in the fighting tangerine situation, the fruit bowl situation. So I just want to say thank you, really, because it was... Did you spot anything new that we didn't talk Not about? Not really, no. I just... probably wouldn't have charged my arm. I think I had a good week explaining the triangle and oh, where okay. he's so taking his uh, eye, yeah, yeah. but also Nelson and things yeah. like that. So he's, he's definitely would have gone up a little bit in the click rate because everyone I spoke to in my circle of friends, um, did know the painting when they saw it, but didn't know the name. Yeah. So it was a good week. Oh, okay, it was good. a nice week. And well, probably it was a really good week that opened up the art world for us. Good. Well, well, for we'll, me, anyway, not for you necessarily. Well, we'll do the same for Monet. Let's hope. <laughs> now, part of the reason that I thought we'd have a look at Monet is, is, and Sunflowers is because, uh, I mean... You know, one hopes that these podcasts will be listened to at different times and for many months, maybe even years, who knows. But right now, here we are in May 2021, uh, we're about to, well, we hope that the cinemas are about to reopen in the United really Kingdom, so. at least, mm-hmm. after COVID. And two weeks after they hopefully reopen, or actually less than that, we are releasing our film about sunflowers, but Van Gogh's sunflowers. Yeah. Now, just on that, that it's a really, I mean, I would obviously say this about all our films, but it's a really good film about 
one series of paintings by one artist. So it's not a full biography of Vincent van Gogh by any means, which we have done before. How many did he do of those paintings? Well, there are seven sunflowers, sunflower paintings, where it's sunflowers in a vase. Right. When we were researching it, so my colleague David directed it, but David and I co-wrote it. So, you know, when I was doing some of the research, um, it's fascinating actually to look at the history of still lives and the history of flower painting. And um, and we'll talk about that. But um, Van Gogh did plenty of sunflower paintings and sometimes they are actually in a landscape. Um, sometimes they're lying on a table. Um but he did seven that were where there a number of sunflowers in a vase. Mm. One thing to say about sunflowers: Ooh. if you want to spot a really duff Van Gogh film, right? And even anyway, I won't mention any names, but you'll see the. And usually these are acted, you know, and you'll have a, a Benedict Cumberbatch or a Wilhelm Dafoe or that type of you know status actor. And they'll be walking through a field of sunflowers. Right, okay. Well, let me tell you that we, fields of sunflowers simply didn't exist back in the 1880s. Um, what you would find would be the odd sunflower in a back garden. Um, and uh, uh, and one, one reason they didn't exist, interestingly enough, in fields is because their stalks simply weren't strong enough to resist the, the mistral wind. Down in the south of France, the winds can be very strong and they hadn't yet created a variant of the sunflower where the stalks were strong enough to stand up to the wind. Okay, so they just would wipe them out then? Yeah, and also they weren't really using sunflowers for, you know, there wasn't a market for sunflowers as such and they weren't being used for their oil quite yet. Um, so they were decorative and they were very unusual plants. They, they were um, imported from... There's this fantastic trade in plants and seeds and bulbs that that particularly takes off what's well, very clearly happening in the 19th century. And someone like Claude Monet, um, for whom gardening, creation of a garden was just as much an artistic yeah. endeavour as creation of a painting, he would pour over these catalogues and you'd say, oh, I want some of those and I want some of those. Now... You had plants going from, well, we made a film called Painting the, no, called The Artist Garden, American Impressionism. And our poster image is, contains this red rambling rose. And that had started in Japan, come to Britain, and then been exported across to the United States. And they'd never seen anything like it, so they loved it. And paint, painters like to paint it. Sunflowers came the other way. Okay. They're a, a native North American flower. Came across to Europe a couple of hundred years before Van Gogh. And you could imagine artists were like staggered by the shape and the size and the colour. So, the you're asking... Flower, is it, I mean, it just literally makes you smile. There's nothing... It's it, easy on the eye. It's easy on the eye. <laughs> and it's interesting, actually. It's so it, lovely. Only yesterday, I went to um, the Ashmolean and, uh, for a project that we're doing and was looking around their impressionist room and there's a painting in there of peonies. Oh, I love peonies. Well, it's interesting because the person I was with said that a um, somebody that was high up in the institution in the past, yeah. that was their least favourite painting. 
Wow. And the whole place, and apart because they didn't like peonies. Okay. Um, It's hard not to like a sunflower. Now, you're asking, sorry, you're asking about Van Gogh. So he he paints, he does it seven times, and through the vagaries of history, five have survived. Right. One that we do have a picture of, and it's in the film, but it was destroyed um, in Japan in the war. The same day as Nagasaki and Hiroshima, there was a standard bombing of another city and um, the painting was in a very heavy frame and they couldn't get it out in time and it burnt. Right. It was destroyed. Okay. And the other one, Mm. uh, the sixth one, is in a very, very private collection, so private that nobody knows where it is. So it's, okay. But it still exists. But can you imagine somebody has their own little gallery <laughs> yes. where in Geneva or Tokyo or who knows where, um, could be down the road in Brighton. I was going to say. Yeah. Could be next door. Um, I might have it, Phil. You might have it. <laughs> you just don't know it. You wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast if you, you did. You don't know. <laughs> That's $200 million worth of painting. But <laughs> You've seen my car? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other five, one's at the National Gallery London, one's in... Amsterdam, the Van Gogh Museum. One is in Munich, the Pinoteca. One is in, actually it's, a, it's an insurance company in Japan own it, and they have their own little gallery high up on a skyscraper. And the other one is in Philadelphia, the um, Philadelphia Museum of Art, which incidentally is the famous steps that Rocky runs up. Okay. Um, these paintings are never together, and we were actually commissioned by the Van Gogh Museum to do a video installation for them where we filmed each of the paintings, the five existing paintings, and then five television screens on their side, if you like, were put on a wall. Right. And then you saw five side by side. And of course, what's wow, so interesting. That would be brilliant. I'd love that. Yeah. It was great. It was and it was part of their Van Gogh Museum's exhibition mm. about the results of the restoration of their own painting. That's very interesting because every painting is different. And Van Gogh, you think that these five paintings are just copies of one another. They're not. They're different. And different flowers are in different positions. Different flowers are in a state of, you know, their their own life cycle. So some are more decayed than others. Um, the cut the background colour. He's constantly playing with colour. Um, Do they decay over the pictures? Do they? It's the final one. No, there's no, there's no, no order. There's not an order in that sense. There isn't a sense of, there's no narrative between the five. And there's like, if I remember correctly, there's three originals and then he, the other four were copies of some of those originals. Um, and, uh, and, you know, some of the pigments he used, uh, just through time have decayed so one of the things they did at the van gogh museum actually was they recreated what it what what one of the paintings would have looked like Mm -hmm. um they actually got a very very talented painter in who then managed to source as close as she could the original pigments and then painted just a square right and it makes a massive again you see this in the film it makes a massive difference i mean you just see how they would have looked as compared to how they look now um, because pigments fade, colours fade. Now, so people, it is argued, or one could arguably say that the sunflowers by Van Gogh, well, famous painters by and large have a famous painting that goes alongside. Yeah. So 
you think Leonardo, you think Mona Lisa, you think uh, um, Monet. No, that's not talking about Monet. About to talk about him. You think um, Constable. You probably think. Uh, what do you think? Well, one of his English landscapes. What's that one with the? I'm going to get this wrong, aren't I? <laughs> with the little, the little thing. Oh no, I'm going to get it wrong. Well, he's done. He does. Well, that one with the the little hay. Yeah, that's the one. I obviously don't know the name as always. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure the name either. Oh, good. I don't feel so bad now. Um, It'll come to me. But anyway, uh, uh, artists have their have their kind of iconographic paintings. Although, having said that, I was just about to think. I was thinking of Vermeer. Which one would you choose for Vermeer? Well, that's me out. There's so many. Um, Michelangelo, I guess, would be the Sistine Chapel. Anyway. Yeah. With with. There's no question that with Van Gogh, it's it's sunflowers, and arguably they are the most recognisable and even perhaps the most popular painting of any. If you think of the millions and millions of paintings, it's extraordinary that these paintings yeah. um, could be argued to be the most popular paintings ever painted. Anyway, they're up there. They're up there with Girl the Pearl Earring. They're up there with Mona Lisa. They're definitely going to be on people's walls. They're def- and they're definitely going to be on people's walls, mm. which, incidentally... Why did people, why, so people have this idea that Van Gogh never sold a painting, that he wasn't interested in selling paintings. That's, that's absolutely not true. He only managed to sell a few, very few, and there's reasons for that. But he was definitely trying to sell. And in fact, there's one moment when he, one of the reasons that he starts painting flowers in vases is because he knew that there was a market. So you have, you always have to look at the context with artists. If you look at the Dutch Golden Age, and uh, when there were an estimated five million paintings painted and sold, that coincides with when the Netherlands is becoming very, very wealthy. Uh-huh. They're becoming very wealthy on the back of sea trade. That sea trade in particular has gone to the Dutch East Indies, so places like Java, now in part of Indonesia. And... One of the things that comes back is spices. Spices are always very valuable. So the Dutch are making an awful lot of money. What do they do with that money? Well, one of the things they do is they build houses. Uh-huh. On the, in Amsterdam, for example, they build, they build these tall houses. Um, and then what they have is they have white walls, which they want to decorate. And if you're living in a city, a very beautiful city to our eyes, of course, but what, what nicer but to bring some of the countryside into yeah. your... Now, the Romans were doing this. When the Romans built villas in their cities, as well as in the countryside, but in their cities, they would decorate the walls with flowers because they wanted a sense of countryside, a sense of colour. Um, you didn't always want just portraits of your no. ancestors or even mm. grand narrative and even complicated religious paintings. Sometimes you just wanted, particularly if you were slightly more middle class, you might say, uh, you just wanted a relatively affordable, nice painting of a pot of flowers. And it became very, very popular. And so even Van Gogh was chasing that market. Monet knew, well, Monet got to this, Monet was very, very poor and wasn't selling a thing. But then when he started selling, he kind of got to the stage relatively quickly when he knew that anything he painted okay, would yeah. sell. But, um, but flat- his, his colour is perfect, though, isn't it, for the walls, for bringing in something into 
that would be side into the city. I mean, that would be a, that the painting we're looking at, my eighteen eighty one. I mean, you, you'd, you'd have it in any room in any room of your house, wouldn't you? Hundred um, percent. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I love it. So flower painting was very popular. This is painted seven years before Van Gogh. Van Gogh saw this painting. It was um, there were famously eight impressionist exhibitions. So this society of, of artists that didn't call themselves impressionists, it was, it was a, a critic that was making fun of them. And indeed it was Claude Monet's painting, which he at the last minute called Impression Sunrise. And this guy thought, oh, this, yeah. thought this was like wallpaper. And so he, he was being sarcastic when he called them impressionists and they decided to take the name. That was the first of the what we now call the Impressionist exhibitions. There were eight. This was shown at the seventh. As an aside, by the way, the only artist to show in all eight was Camille Pissarro, which is uh, uh, an artist that we're about to make a film about. Uh, wonderful, wonderful Impressionist artist. Phil, stick to the point. No, all it's right. good because actually that's another one I'll have to look up, won't I? I have to look up his yeah. famous one. Well, otherwise I won't know it. Camille Passaro, he, he, he did, I mean, very, very prolific painter. And you won't be disappointed looking at his works. He's fantastic. That would be the Cezanne, nice thing, so hopefully I'll know it. Well, Cezanne, Cezanne, okay, Cezanne called him the first impressionist. So. Okay. Uh, and the, impress- the exhibition and our film are both called Passaro, Father of Impressionism. Okay. So Monet looked up to him, Cezanne looked up to him, everyone looked up to Passaro. Anyway, this painting was shown by Monet in the seventh of those eight exhibitions. And one of the one of the people that actually got to see it, I don't know if it's in that exhibition or, or, or shortly thereafter, though where, I wouldn't know, was Van Gogh. He was very impressed by this. So if you want to understand one of the reasons why Van Gogh paints those, Van Gogh's own paintings of sunflowers, is because he's seen this and is really impressed by it. Right. Now, later, um, somebody said that, Oh, Gauguin, having seen both, said, oh, said to Van Gogh, you know, I prefer yours. And Van Gogh said, don't, don't be ridiculous. Monet's is, is superior to mine. Um, Do you think they would have met? Uh, yes. Yes. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, they would have, yeah. Now, why? One of the things about Monet, famously, of course, is that he, he when he starts to. Monet's very, very poor, and if you track his life, he's getting further and further away from Paris, making his way down the Seine towards Le Havre, funnily enough, where he was born. But it's because the property's cheaper. Right, okay. And this painting of sunflowers is done in a place called Vertoy, which is one of those kind of slightly cheaper villages along the Seine. Um, as he goes along, one of the places he then later comes to is Giverny, and he writes to his dealer at the time, Paul de Rondewell, and says, can you lend me the money so I can rent this property? And then eventually, Paul de Rondewell does very well with Monet's paintings because he's gone to America, found a new, found a new market, and then Monet can buy Giverny, and then he starts to create this extraordinary garden, which is today okay. I don't know, which is the- maybe the most famous garden mm-hmm. in the world. Um, have you been there? I have been there more than once, oh. and we filmed there more than once. And it, you know, the most closely guarded secret in the art world. Well, there's two. One is where is Leonardo Salvatore Mundi? 
That's a classic closely guarded secret. But the other one is the day that the lily ponds flower, because because apparently it's only like for one day. Oh, okay. And the place would be it would be mobbed. It would be mobbed. <gasps> right. So they never tell you. Okay. Um, but it's a very very beautiful garden. It's a fascinating story. Imagine being there on the day. Imagine being so there. Good. I know. Um, <laughs> a little flask. A little flask. Sit, by, sit, <laughs> sit there and watch it, oh, watch it happen. I got it right. <laughs> There's bound to be a talking frog. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> um, oh. He. Uh, it's a fantastic story. He he. He has this house, and then there's a railway at the bottom of the garden, maybe disused by this point. But across the road, there's some land. He buys this land which has a little stream going through it. And he asks the local parish council for permission to put in the pond. There's lots of umming and ahhing. And then he says he wants to put in water lilies. And the local people are terrified that this weird new plant mm. might poison the whole water oh, okay, system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of uh, uh, resistance to it. Um, again, all sorts of things tie up. In fact, with our other films, I mean, we made a film about just about Claude Monet, but we also made a film about the influence of Japanese art on Van Gogh. All these impressionists were influenced by Japanese art. So again, you look at the Givigny famous bridge, um, that's very influenced by Japan. If you look at Japanese art, there's often bridges, and it is a Japanese, I mean, that is, I think they even call it the Japanese bridge. Um, so Monet is absolutely fascinated by flowers and gardens. For him, planting a garden in the autumn and, and planting what he thinks are going to be the colours of those flowers is, is just as much, as I said earlier, an artwork as, as um, painting the front of Rouen Cathedral or a seascape in, in Normandy. And then when it emerges in the spring, yeah. you know, it's great for him. He can just come out of his back door, and, set up yeah. his easel, and they yeah, has, and, yeah. and as we mentioned last week, um, Often he's, he's so hard about the colour schemes and often it's kind of reds to the fore, blues to the background, just to give it depth. Um, this is quite interesting. Um, I don't know how real, you know, how close this is to his original, you know, that background, which to us now looks slightly kind of lilac, may have been bluer. Um, maybe, it's, maybe there's been some fading, but it looks to me like it's a mix of blue and purple. And then you've got the red tablecloth. Um, but also, is that, that vase is Japanese? The, is it? Japanese vase. Okay. Well, then, then again, you've got, you, you've got your Japanese. I mean, there was also a del- There was also a real interest in Delft, you know, Dutch Delft pottery, kind of white and blue. Mm, okay. But, I mean, that could well be... Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's probably Japanese. In fact, I think Gauguin even refers to it somewhere as a Japanese vase, doesn't he? So you've got that Japanese vase. So again, he's making it... So there's no accidents in art. Everything... You never underestimate an artist. They're, all, they're thinking about everything. Everything has a meaning and a, and a reason. He didn't just go and get that pot off the, <laughs> off I mean, the shelf well, and he, stick it in. He could have. I mean, we don't want to... But it does make sense now, what you've just said. I mean... But, so yeah, never read too much in. But on okay. the other hand, but on the other hand, never assume that anything's an accident. So uh, yeah, he could well be making reference to his in, in influence. I mean, that influence may have just 
pervaded his life in the sense that he had bought some Japanese pots because he'd fallen in love with Japanese art and yeah, happened to be knocking about. Mm-hmm. What you find with Van Gogh's sunflowers is that, and this isn't my theory, this is a, an expert, I think Martin Bailey, who's a great expert on Van Gogh, saying this, but the pot itself was too small to hold the, the sunflowers. Oh, yeah. okay. So it actually wasn't realistic. Um, that pot looks like it probably, but you know, you can imagine those sunflowers, they're quite tall. Yeah. You'd be a bit worried the whole thing would just topple over, oh, wouldn't no, you? Oh, no, totally, yeah. It's happened to be loads. <laughs> <laughs> but then what, again, you've got... No, it totally is going to be too short. Look at that. That top one. Yeah. I think that's going to fall. You're going to have to fall down. So again... Still a lovely picture, though. He's got, uh, I don't know, how many? One, two, three, four... He's still done well. Mate. Twelve. <laughs> it's like 14 sunflowers. Yeah. And it's kind of like a square or like two triangles as we look at it straight on, isn't it? But I mean, again, you've got a nice shape to it. So your eyes, there's a nice, again, that whole, that typical circularity. And in fact, if you look at these brush strokes, again, you look at the background, kind of going bottom right to top left. They kind of, they're, they're going in a bit of a circle too, I think. Um, I think the tablecloth, it's not really a sharp line. Again, it's not, he's not trying to delineate and create sharp borders. It's all kind of just keeping the energy flowing. Yeah. The flowers themselves, obviously it helps that they're circular, so that just keeps things, your eye moving around. But I think pretty much your eye starts bottom left, works up to the, to the left side, then up to the middle top, and then it goes right, and then goes back down to the bottom again, and then you start to look into the middle. So the same as Turner then? Yeah, they're always doing this. Artists are always playing, controlling your eye. I mean, is that how you, how did your eye go? Where do you, where do you look first? Oh, well, I don't know. Um, maybe I should have thought about this before you asked me this question. Because I've been looking at this for a couple of days now. And I, oh, it's just. It's hard when you. Now I don't know. It. Yeah. Now I don't know. I, I just went straight in, I think. But it is gorgeous. But when you showed me that business with Turner, I totally got it. Yeah. But I didn't think you were actually going to say that about this picture. I thought that we were just going to go straight in with it. The picture's easy on the eye, beautiful flowers. I didn't know we were going to have starting left and going. Oh, no, that's fine. I mean, it, it is easy it's, in the eye. It's, it's, so, it's just so interesting, though. It's something I've never done before. But you again, thought but, about that. But even this one, mm. you can have that, I, I would suggest, you can have that first look and think, oh, yeah, sunflowers, and that's, oh, that's quite relaxing, it's quite colourful. Mm. And... There's no question that one of the appeals of Monet or Van Gogh is that you know, number one, you know immediately what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a religious painting where you don't understand the iconography or a contemporary art where you don't understand why, no. you know, there are ants walking through a sand pit. Yeah, I should be writing down a lot when we come to those. <laughs> so you, you get this immediately. Mm. Two colours and, you know, it's just Yellow is bright. It is sun. It is, it, it just consciously, subconsciously, it kind of, it, it just feels, makes you smile. It just makes you smile. But okay, let's stop and just be a little bit more careful. If you look really carefully at a sunflower and in the sunflower film, we do this. I've never done it before. A sunflower is not one flower. Wow. A sunflower is actually a thousand flowers. If you look really carefully, that's the centre part of a sunflower is just 
like I say, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little flowers all very closely packed. He's kind of captured that. But just imagine yourself as an artist trying to paint the leaves of a sunflower. So let's go to the one at the top. Yeah. Okay, the first time you look at it, you kind of scan it and you just think, you just see a bunch of yellow leaves. Look more carefully. The, the detail in that to, on a flat canvas with pigments, with a brush, to capture something which immediately convinces you that it is a realistic interpretation or, or representation of a sunflower. Absolutely brilliant. Every little turn, every little bit of black. If we saw, if we could see this live, there'd be a three dimensionality about it, which of course we can't really see on a, on a, we're obviously looking at an image on a, on our computers. Um, and the, the colors of the leaves actually. Now you really start to look at it. And the leaves. Now the leaves tend tend not to be given much attention, but when you look at them, Mm. that's really clever how he's painted those. And some are are in the dark, which again is pushing the sunflowers out, but um, some of the leaves are catching the light. You know, what is our light source? Well, it's kind of, if you look at the vase, I guess there's a bit of a shadow going off to the left. So our, our light source is coming from the right. But that's not entirely reflected accurately on these. I think I think the art. I think this is probably being painted in a north-facing studio, and it's just a lot of light bouncing about. But I mean, part of the appeal of painting something like sunflowers is it's actually quite challenging as an artist to paint realistically. Um, and this is impressionistic. It's not yeah. trying to be realistic. You don't look at these and think, "Oh yeah, I could just pick those up and take them out of the vase." There's something, that remarkable trick of being slightly soft, slightly unrealistic, and yet being completely convincing. Um, that exploration of, of, of light and how light, they, they knew this is what they talked about and studied and thought about, is that what you saw in your eye was light being reflected from an object. Right. So they kind of knew you're not seeing the object as such. You're seeing the light that's bouncing off the object. And so this is why Monet would go off and he would sit in front of haystacks or cathedrals or seascapes or you name it. And he's painting the same object, but they look completely different because the light that's bouncing off it is different. Uh, And again, if you look at Van Gogh's sunflowers, in theory, the same bunch, not quite. No. But they look different every time because the light is reflecting off them differently. Um, I think if we, if we were to compare this to Van Gogh's, what we would notice in this one is, is actually quite a lot more orange and red. Yeah. Um, Van Gogh, you know, the, the National Gallery, Van Gogh Sunflower, is, a, is a, a, an amazing ex- experiment in yellow on yellow. Um, I never even really looked at that picture, to be fair. I and mean, now I'm looking at it. Have you got that up? Okay. You so, have. <laughs> so is that the National Gallery one? I don't know. I just flicked on that. Because there's, so, there's therefore here. So much more, like, sort of stylized, aren't they? Yeah. It's amazing the difference, yeah, isn't it? it is. And you would probably... It wouldn't take long for you to have them side by side and go, you know what, that's Monet and that's Van Gogh. And think, well, actually, why is that... If I look at Monet's one, I would know that that's not by Van Gogh. 
I'd, I'd probably struggle to explain quite what it is that makes it not a Van Gogh. Whereas you look at the Van Gogh. Well, Monet's a bit more flicky. It's certainly, I don't think yeah. it's an art word. No, sure it is. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but it's also, it, his would definitely be, if you looked at it from the side, yeah. you'd definitely see the three-dimensionality of it. Impasto, thick, thick paint. Yeah, oh, I loved it, yeah. I, I, don't, I think it, Monet is less so, but also it's not quite the same. Monet's is a little bit more realistic, isn't it? Monet's, yes. Monet's still coming out of a past where artists like, I don't know, Coro or Corbet are, are realist painters. Uh, Monet's kind of coming out of that tradition. Van Gogh, post-impressionist. I mean, he's taking it in a new direction. Mm-hmm. That vase just looks slightly, un- it just looks a little bit more unrealistic. Even the sunflowers are not quite the same level of realism, are they? No. Um, it's going to be hard to say which one you prefer if you actually start looking at it. I'm not sure I would. Yeah. They're all different on a different day, aren't they? And, I think, and, and the Van Gogh, he's constantly experimenting with the relationship between the background. Um, but they fade. His have faded. I mean, oh, okay. you know, his brother was lending him money for um, uh, uh, pigments and canvases and stuff. But sometimes, you know, he couldn't afford the best or the. Um, so they faded quite badly. I think I think uh, Monet's have faded. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, that painting. What, oh, Van, Van Gogh painted have uh, faded. I mean that. Oh, that's the one from Munich. I mean, if you look, if you look at the one from the Van Gogh Museum, that's National Gallery. Either yeah, way, I haven't got that one. Either way, when you compare, I'm going to get all five up and have a look. When you compare yeah. the pigment now, yeah. it's much brighter yellow. The blues are kind of well, whether it's blue, it's a bolder blue. Um, Now, Monet. You say sunflowers, you would never just instantly think of Monet, would you? You'd automatically think of Van Gogh. You so think of Van Gogh. Every time. Um, so, like you said, each artist has got his thing. But if you look at the, um, Van Gogh's life, again, we do this in the film, you know, Van Gogh, um, sunflowers pop up in other places too. Montmartre. So, Montmartre in Paris is now known for the, the Sacre Coeur, that mm. really huge cathedral. I've been there, Phil. You've been there? Yeah. It's uh-huh. massive. I've, I've, never been, I've never been in it. Have you been in it? Mm. And I've been up it. Oh, really? Mm. And yeah, really. It's fantastic. They must get a great view from It's there. incredible. And it's quite terrifying because, you know, you sort of feel like you're going to be able to fall through. So I have actually been up there. Huh. Mm. Well, when yeah. Van Gogh lived in that part of mm. Paris, it was allotments. Oh, okay. And a windmill. And nothing like it is now. And it was, you know, on the edge. And this is where artists lived because it was poor and... He had a little wooden... Anyway, he, he has one painting, which is a little wooden shack, outside of which is a very tall sunflower. So the, these little odd sunflowers would be growing. Growing up, yeah. And allotments, can you imagine that in Paris? I'd love it. Um, yeah. But just such an unusual painting to paint. Plus, you can give them character. So you can have... And there's other paintings where we can, you can see this, where you know a tall sunflower is overshadowing as like a smaller it might even be a peony actually um and that's also then there's a bit of narrative about you know the relationship between these two plants flowers and what that might also be representing um and of course the story with 
Van Gogh, which is so sweet, is that the first one of his uh, sunflowers he did for... He wanted to have this community of artists in um, Arles. So he goes to the south of France. Part of the reason he goes to the south of France because he's seeking... He can't go to Japan, but he's hugely influenced by Japanese art and he wants, to, he wants more of a sense of Japanese light. Where is he going to get that? South of France. He goes to the south of France in search of, quote-unquote, his Japan. Okay. But he also influenced by the Japanese artists. He wants to have a community of artists. So he's, he gets this little house, known as the Yellow House, and he's trying to get other artists to come in, in particular Gauguin. Right. Gauguin does get persuaded to go down. And this is very sweet. So Van Gogh has his house. He knows the room, little room that Gauguin's going to go in. But again, nothing on the walls. Oh. So he decides to paint some paintings for him. And one of those paintings is is the first sunflower. So he's painted it to go on the wall. Um, now, the story actually goes that that wasn't his first choice. That his first choice, uh, if I remember correctly, it's in the film, I can't quite remember. But I think he was going to do a portrait. Right. And either he doesn't because the sitter pulled out or the sitter wanted payment and he didn't have any money. Then he was going to do something else. And he showed then that didn't, didn't work out. So in the end, he decided to do a b- bunch of flowers, which he then hangs on the wall. And, uh, and Kogan was very touched by that. Although they then, of course, fell out and oh, Van Gogh no. cuts his ear off. And yeah, yeah. That. Okay. Uh, so that was the first one. And then they, over a relatively short period of time, he does, he does all those others. Um, but yes, as you say, it's easy to overlook that seven years earlier Monet had done the same, and Van Gogh had seen it. Um, and then Van Gogh, and uh, then Monet for the next what? Amazing, really. But I mean, for the next forty years, increasingly he's just painting gardens and flowers. And um, I, I still, I don't know. It's, it's always really hard when someone says, "Who's your favourite artist?" It's impossible. Oh, it's impossible. But I mean, Monet's definitely mm. up there. Oh, yeah. It's definitely impossible because it depends on what day you're on. Yeah. And people say that about music. What's your favourite song? You just can't do that. Yeah, exactly. I can't do that. It just depends on what mood I'm in. Yes, of course. So, no. But I'm the sort of person that always says everything's my favourite. And then I think <laughs> I'm not having a bad day. So I love it all. I do. <laughs> where, actually, what we haven't, uh, I can't remember. Where, where is this painting? Well, Quickly we have to find out. Searching. For where the painting is. I'm assuming there's a Monet museum somewhere. Well, the Museum Marmottin in Paris has a lot of Monets. Mm. Um, so it has to be probably there. No, no, I doubt it. It could be anywhere. Oh, okay. I don't know where I've seen this. But, you know, some um, is it in the Met? Uh, let's see. I've been there. I've been to a lot of places. but don't um, remember much when I get there. Oh, it's just... Here you go. Flitting around. Ah, oh, lovely. Seems to me that it's at the Mets. And here's that quote. In November 1888, Van Gogh wrote, Gauguin was telling me the other day that he'd seen a painting by Claude Monet of sunflowers in a large Japanese vase, very fine, but he likes mine better. I'm not of that opinion. Hmm. I think that's a sweet thing to say. So maybe it's Gauguin that saw the painting at the Seventh Impressionist. I thought Van Gogh had actually seen that Impressionist exhibition. Well, a bit more research needed on my part. Anyway. More for me, probably. Revision of the week. It's a very beautiful painting. Definitely Mm. definitely keep you busy looking at that all week. Yes. And um, It's a nice thing to look at in the week. Nice thing to look at in the week. Nice print to have on your wall. Yes. 
and uh, that's it for this week's arts podcast <laughs> we'll choose something during the week to talk about next week good can't wait cool thank you for listening to the painting of the week podcast for more information please visit our website at seventh-art.com or contact us by emailing info at seventh-art.com See you next time.